Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and it's a pleasure to have you join me on the show again today. Now today's show is a little bit different. It's um, getting close to the end of the day, in fact the end of the night, on what would effectively be my recording deadline. And um, what normally happens in between seasons when I've got a regular show, I, I know what I'm going to say, I plan in advance, I've got some recordings, got some guests, this sort of thing. What happens in between times when I do my sort of soundbite episode is I'm really just thinking what's top of mind, uh, what's topical, what, what am I thinking about essentially over the week that I can share with my listeners um, come, come the time it comes to record. Well, this week, there were two things that have been top of mind, one of which I ended up sharing as my Motivational Monday quote. So if you if you follow that, you can go to my website, thepropertyvoice.net, and you can see my Motivation Monday quotes. And I normally add a little bit of an insight as to why it's motivational or inspiring or whatever. Uh, but I shared one this week, which was, uh, you know, triggered by a quote from Warren Buffett. So I can't really use that one. So... I was thinking to myself, what else? And there's honestly, the only thing that's, and it's literally been on my mind um, pretty much for about five days now, is one of Aesop's fables, would you believe? But actually, there's a reason for it. And that's going to be the point of today's show. So stick with it. I'm going to share with you the moral of the story from Aesop's fable in relation to property investment. So yeah, you're going to wondering how on earth I'm going to pull that off. But stick with it for another few minutes and I'll show you how. But also I've got uh, one or two recordings that uh, I managed to overlook actually from the SpeakPipe voicemail system again on the website. So I'm going to share that partly for fun actually, certainly one of them. Uh, the other one actually asks a serious question. So I'll answer that in the uh, Your Voice segment, which we haven't had for a while either. So without further ado, on with the show. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Yeah, so Aesop's fable, uh, the particular one I have in mind is called the scorpion and the frog. And I guess I'm going to have to, if you don't know it already, you might do. But uh, for those of you who don't, I'm going to have to just go through what it is. And uh, here's what it is. And then I'm going to tell you how on earth that is actually relevant to me and to property and therefore to you. And the fable goes like this. One day a scorpion decided to go visit his cousin in the next county. He travelled uphill and downhill, under fallen trees and over piles of leaves. Eventually he came to a stream with a fast current. He walked up and down the stream bank, looking for a bridge or a safer way to cross the stream, but found none. The scorpion sat pondering his situation when he noticed a frog sitting on a lily pad near the bank of the stream. The scorpion said to the frog, Kind sir, would you be so kind to let me get on your back to ferry me to the other side of the stream? How do I know you won't sting me? asked the frog. The scorpion responded, because if I do, I will die too as I can't swim. The frog replied, how do I know you won't sting me once you get to the other side? Kind sir, I would be so grateful for your assistance that I wouldn't dream of such a dastardly deed, <laughs> responded the scorpion. The frog was satisfied and allowed the scorpion to crawl onto his back, and they set out into the water. 
The frog was swimming strongly along the stream when the scorpion suddenly stung the frog. The frog felt the onset of paralysis and started to sink. Knowing they were both going to drown, the frog had just enough time to ask, Why did you sting me? Now we're both going to die. The scorpion replied, Because it's in my nature. Then they both disappeared under the water. And the moral of the story is, you just can't help being what you are. <laughs> That's it, yes. It's Aesop's fable, the scorpion and the frog. And it's, you know, it's often a saying, actually, something I refer to quite a lot. And it, because it describes our nature and how often we can't change our nature. And um, it's, just, it's been striking to me, actually, over recent times, um, how that, that is true. And of course, we can try and present ourselves as a different type of person to, our, to what we are, but eventually our nature will shine through. We can also try and, you know, polish off those rough edges and improve who we are to perhaps, you know, get rid of some, some, some bad traits or characteristics as well. Um, but fundamentally, we are who we are. And of course, we also need to understand that's the case for other people as well. So the point here is, um, I may have mentioned once or twice, so uh, sorry if I mention it again, but you might know I'm on this, on this sort of quest at the moment. It's, uh, it's a US project, USA project that I'm on. Uh, and I'm looking for uh, great opportunities in the US market. And um, indeed, I, I'm traveling over there next week to visit quite a number of people. And as you might imagine, I've been doing quite a bit of research bit of due diligence, talking to a few people, had some introductions and that kind of thing. So um, there's been a lot of people I've, uh, I've come to meet uh, virtually at this point, some of which I'm going to meet in person. When I travel, I'm going to think I'm going to do three cities in a week or something like that. Uh, I'm going to meet a number of people whilst I'm over there. And um, it's, quite, it's quite intriguing, really, the, the sort of different nature of the people that you encounter. And um, I thought I'd just use the, the scorpion and the frog thing. Perhaps they are extremes, yes, but to illustrate maybe some of the people I've been encountering. And so I'm not going to necessarily reveal who these people are. That probably wouldn't be too fair. But I'm going to give you some clues and I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. And, uh, and then just let's see what we can learn from it. So the, the first category of people, if you like, I've been meeting is, uh, is brokers, brokers of one kind or another. They're either uh, property brokers or finance brokers in the main. So I'm just going to contrast a couple of people here. Um, I say change the names to protect the innocent or not so innocent. First of all, we have Chatty D, uh, D for the first initial of their name. Um, I'm not going to mention their name, as I say, but uh, Chatty D, who is um, who is extremely uh, welcoming, uh, inviting, uh, spent a long time chatting to me, going through things, and uh, and that kind of thing. Um, there were some agreements I've dealt with this this individual over a period of time, so this is not a new contact, and um, everything seemed okay. But one thing that was certainly lacking or missing was a lack of follow up, and there were just gaps, just nothing. <laughs> uh, information was promised, uh, responses to questions were promised, and nothing happened. And it's not like, um, how do I put it, uh, that, that we're optional, that we were in a transactional or, you know, relationship. We were going through purchasing a property deal. And so all of this sweet talk and charm, in fact, actually use the words, you get to deal with me. There was a, a catchphrase he coined at one point in time on a video call. And, and I, I can actually picture the, the, the motion as he said those words. It's like, okay, fine. I get to deal with you, Chatty D. That's great. Um, but there we go. You know, seemed, seemed nice enough. But the, there was no follow-up. 
And I guess that's part of his nature, isn't it? That there was no actual follow-up. And it's caused me no end of problems, which I won't go into and I won't elaborate on. But I identified you know, this at a you know, not so you know, early stage, but relatively early on. So uh, it was part of his nature. And you know, uh, there were clues to it, as I mentioned, and possibly could have been avoided. Then I guess if you contrast that with, let's call this person Big D. Uh, I'm not being unkind, just uh, it's a, a guy with a deep southern voice, you know, and he's got a, a sort of a presence about his voice. Uh, you can probably picture how he might look, a southern drawl in the way he speaks. He's slow, he's deliberate. He goes to church on Sundays. Not that I'm saying if you don't go to church on Sundays, it means something else. But this was quite clear in his personality, his character, how he did business. And, you know, he was very transparent to the point of talking himself out of doing certain transactions. I'm not sure this one's going to work for you. I've had a little bit of reflection about this. I'm not sure I want to recommend this one to you. Um, you know, people can fake that sort of thing. Of course they can as a kind of a ruse. But this guy is genuine or he seems to be genuine. It remains to be seen over time how it unfolds. But his nature was just so transparent, uh, so helpful, uh, so thorough. And, you know, I've been a little bit of a pain in the backside because uh, I ask a lot of questions and, um, you know, I ask a lot of questions, not just on my own behalf, but on behalf of others, too. And Big D has uh, stuck with it all, uh, has helped me through it all, has answered all my questions and, uh, and persevered. So you contrast Big D with Chatty D. And um, you, on the one hand, you've got, you know, uh, you know, just this presentation, this personality, this image, but no follow through. And on the other hand, you've got this humble honest, uh, down-to-earth kind of guy who just follows through, does what it says on the tin, essentially. And I guess you could say, which one's the scorpion, which one's the frog? So that's one example. So the, the one category was brokers, and there's a few of those I've, uh, I've engaged with recently. Um, I guess in a similar line to the brokers taking on a theme are, you know, specifically the money people, people who can help uh, make a deal, uh, get, get leverage in a deal effectively and improve the returns. It's something I'm actively looking for in the, you know, it's difficult to get finance as an overseas uh, investor, but I'm not letting that get in my way. And uh, I'm pursuing this one to the nth degree to try and find financing solutions. And I, I, I am finding them. But let me just tell you about uh, a couple of characters that I stumbled across along the way. The first one, another D, but let's call him Dodgy D. I'm not going to go give his name, but Dodgy D became his, uh, his nickname. And, and this individual had something of an offering which... Uh, in all honesty, sounded too good to be true. And whenever I explained it to anybody else, they said, it sounds too good to be true. And of course, you know, you know, if somebody says it sounds too good to be true, often it is. So you normally need to do a bit of digging. So anyway, initially I thought, well, let's take Dodgy D at face value. Let's do a bit of digging and let's try and understand what's going on here. And kind of long story short, what he was offering was a fantastic financing facility. Uh, no credit checks, 20% uh, down payment to purchase property, use as a facility, uh, repayment terms up to three years at uh, something as low as 6% interest, 
which in the US market is is competitive, to say the least, for long-term finance, and most definitely competitive for short-term financing, such as the equivalent of what we have here is, a, is we have bridging finance in the US market. It's called hard money lending. Trust me, 6% is unheard of with hard money lending, and especially when it's sort of a non-status, you know, there's no, there's no credit check and that kind of thing. So, yeah, too good to be true. So um, you think, okay, what's the catch? Let's understand the catch. So I thought I'd understand, understood the catch when he told me it takes 60 banking days between an application and getting the funds through. Of course, 60 banking days is actually 90 days or three months. So mm, it's not exactly fast. So, uh, okay, it's not fast. So I think it was presented to me, get, get the finance approved first and then go shopping. Okay, I can live with that because the terms are pretty attractive. They're pretty compelling. But then, you know, I'm thinking, mm, I don't know, it doesn't quite sound right. What else do I need to know here? And of course, I'm doing a lot of due diligence. I do some background checks. I do lookups on the companies and this sort of thing. And there were a couple of warning signs. I couldn't find his company listing anywhere. His, he had no website, formal website listing. Told me he'd be in the industry for 22 years. And yet I could hardly find anything about him. I don't know if you've ever seen the, uh, the program Catfish, but I thought I was dealing with one of those uh, at one point. I did image searches. I did all sorts of things. And uh, Long and short of it is, I established he was a real person. Um, I'm not going to tell you how I, I established that, but he's a real person. So I wasn't so worried, worried about him being a catfish, i.e. pretending to be somebody he actually wasn't uh, in terms of a person. But I wasn't so sure about what he was offering. So I was digging, I was digging. And uh, anyway, I guess the, the long and short of it was, when I understood this, the program, it was this. I send the 20% on day one. And on day 90, i.e. 60 banking days later, day 90 in reality, he sends me the 100%. Ah, right. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've got some emails somewhere from Nigeria, which offer something like that. So, um, yeah. And, you know, of course, we all, he, he and I agreed that it's not conventional. It certainly isn't conventional. So I'm thinking, okay, so how can we de-risk this, uh, de this proposition then, Dodgy D? Uh, I need some sort of assurance that you won't run off with my money. Uh, and in 90 days, of course, you know, I can't find you anymore. So uh, he said, no worries, it's bond protected. Ah, bond. Bond is another word for insurance in the US market. So it's like a client money account, but this one's an insurance back scheme. So he runs off with my money. I get to claim on the bond. I can get my money back. Okay, fine. So can you send me a copy of your bond? No. <laughs> what do you mean? No. Uh, I'll only send it to you once you've sent me the money. Well, of course. I'm not going to send you, what, hundreds of thousands of pounds or something unless you can show me the bond in advance. You know, why can't you do that? It's just not our process. Yeah, but you must understand. I can pay the money into an escrow account if you prefer. No, no, I won't do with escrow. It's not how we work. Okay, won't do with escrow. Won't show me a copy of your insurance or your bond. How can I trust that you're going to give me the money in 90 days? Cut a long story short. Of course, I couldn't. And um, to add to this uh, kind of charade, I guess, that was going on, he became extremely aggressive and pushy. And this is somebody who claimed to be representing a, a sovereign wealth fund or certainly a, a very uh, highly rated foundation trust. And 
Yeah, I was like, why are you so desperate? You know, telling me about the $38 million deal that you just done and things like this. Why are you so desperate for what I was talking about was a fairly small sum just to get things started. So Dodgy D turned out to be uh, not only dodgy, but pushy and uh, yeah, decidedly dodgy. So if you contrast that with, let's call him Everyday Joe. Everyday Joe is an Everyday Joe. And um, he's running a, a tight little ship of a business in, uh, in a small town in the US. Um, he's not widely marketing what he's doing. He's got a relatively small operation and he's doing effectively uh, turnkey pro- uh, projects. This is somebody who's introduced to me. And if you're, if you're listening, a uh, person introduced me, you probably know who I'm talking about. But um, he was introduced to me. So that's something. I ca- it came through an introduction. So that's a good sign. Um, but needless to say, what he does is effectively a turnkey solution. What I mean by that, he takes a property which is run down, he does it up, he tenants it, and then he manages it, and he packages the whole thing up as a solution to offer to an investor. Obviously, that's quite attractive as an overseas hands-off investor such as me, or such as people uh, you know, like you maybe, who, who potentially might be interested in this later on. So everyday Joe um, couldn't have been more helpful. We had a, a, a video call. I must admit, I had a had a call with uh, Dodgy D as well. Um, but you know, everyday Joe was just extremely helpful. Everything was transparent, and I guess the summary of that came down to with the financing, which is the just the just this particular segment. He's that we work on it together. He he hadn't actually done what I wanted him to do, and I won't share that with you right now because I just want to finalize things. But. Uh, essentially, well, I will tell you, it was developer financing. That's what I was looking to do. And he'd never actually done it, but um, he was so cooperative and wanted to work with me and just trying to find a solution. Uh, and needless to say, I'm going to meet him. He's picking me up at the airport. He's taking me for a, a show uh, a show around some of his properties. We're going to have a chat and we're going to try and figure something out. So, um, but everything's transparent. It's not like a, a slick sales message. It's just more of a relation, a relationship-based uh, approach to doing business. Uh, and, and a client, i.e. me, asks something he doesn't ordinarily do, and he's offering to try and find a solution, try and find a fix. So uh, for me, that's all about relationship selling, consultative selling, and I like that. So who's the scorpion? Who's the frog? Uh, is it Dodgy D or is it uh, Everyday Joe? Make your own mind up. And the last uh, segment I just wanted to share on this uh, particular portrayal today was, uh, if you like, developers. So Everyday Joe is also a developer, but I couldn't use him twice. So I'm going to use another example here. And so here, here's a couple of examples under the developer category. And on one hand, you've got John. John is super efficient and very friendly. Cannot spend enough time, actually. I, I can't. I just can't believe how much time he has spent with me personally. A, to try and fix a problem which is nothing to do with him, absolutely zero to do with him, but trying to help me, trying to provide background information, trying to tell me what to do, trying to tell me what not to do, and to help fix the problem. So he was giving, very giving of his time, but also very efficient. He knew the law. He was able to state precisely what should and shouldn't happen, give me good good tips and good advice. And he's a developer, but runs a management company. So he also has this sort of turnkey, full turnkey type of approach. And um, he is, uh, is a super efficient um, you know, has, has, just cannot be uh, helpful, more than, is more than helpful uh, throughout the whole process. And if you contrast that with, um, I'm going to just call him S, that's it, S for sugar. I'm not going to say the name because it's quite a common, well, it's a, sorry, it's a unique name, so it might be more identifiable. Let's call him S. Now, S is, um, 
<laughs> it's a bit like uh, Big D from earlier. Uh, not Big D, sorry, I got that wrong. Uh, <laughs> I've got it all got it all confused now. Uh, Chatty D, not Big D, Chatty D. Yeah, a bit like Chatty D from earlier. And, um, and S is just kind of a bit like that. Nothing seems to be very well organized, very inefficient. And I think at the best, you'd say it's disorganized. At the worst, you could say downright, downright fraudulent. <laughs> uh, some of the activities that have been going on there. I mean, we're talking about unpaid taxes on properties for a couple of years. We're talking about um, a lack of follow through on original documentation to allow you to, to register um, you know, contracts at uh, the equivalent of land registry over there and that kind of thing. Not responding to requests to reconcile uh, the account when there's discrepancies. Uh, appointing a property manager who uh, at best is in if useless um at worst is you know perhaps robbing so um yeah i guess i probably didn't don't need to make too much of a distinction there but there is a scorpion and there is a frog and and that's the point and so people cannot fundamentally change their nature which is what i really wanted to get out here the key for us of course is to identify what is their nature in the first place and this might not be so apparent to begin with. Some people might be charming, as the scorpion was charming and convincing to allow the frog to take him on his back to cross the water. But of course, ultimately, the scorpion was uh, stung him. But if you look closely at the scorpion, you could probably see some signs, that big spiky thing on his tail being one of them. And of course, if you take some of the characters in my little, uh, my little fable and my storytelling today, um, you know, with Chatty D and Big D, there's some characteristics which, which were identifiable, obviously, as you spend time with them. If you look at Dodgy D and Everyday Joe, there's some characteristics about them. Their nature shone through in parts of what they did, especially if you spend time with them. And then, of course, there was, uh, there was, you know, John, super efficient John, and then it was uh, not so efficient and perhaps a little bit, you know, on the edge, S as well. So um, they, they became, the characteristics started to show through. And this is, you know, you spend, you spend time, you work with them through things, and things emerge, and you can make a judgment call. Now, it could be you have to make that a judgment call, an instinctive call, follow your gut reaction, uh, because not all of it, you know, on paper looks wrong. It just can feel wrong. So there you go. I, I wanted to elaborate on that story today. Uh, it is a bit different. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, perhaps it's sharing a little bit of what I've been up to the last few months. But, you know, it's a bit of an early release. Uh, I'm heading over to the US, as I mentioned, for this uh, whistle stop tour. And I, I shall be meeting some of these characters. There's one or two I won't be meeting, uh, as you can probably imagine. But um, I thought I'd share that with you today. So that, that was the main point of, uh, of what I wanted to cover in, in today's show. It's, uh, you know, people cannot fundamentally change their nature. And it's our job, especially in property, we're dealing with large sums of money, is to work out the nature of the people we're dealing with and work out if we, if we can live with that. We can uh, align to that, if you like. So I'll draw a line under it for there. But um, I think let's, let's move on to something else. Uh, let's move on to the uh, Your Voice segment. I haven't had that in the, um, in the show, certainly not a recorded one for a while. But um, yeah, let's queue it up into the next segment now. Up next is Your Voice. It's all about you and your property world. Yeah, so in the um, in the Your Voice segment today, I'd um, to be honest with you, I'd kind of forgotten. I've got a piece of technology on my website, uh, thepropertyvoice.net, which allows you to leave a voicemail. So uh, you, you don't need a, a telephone; you can actually do it for your computer. 
and you can leave me a voicemail. You can ask me a question, uh, get in touch with me that way. And, you know, I have to admit, I haven't had that many voicemails and um, sometimes forget, to be honest, I've got it. But over the last couple of months uh, and, and in the last few weeks or so, I've had a couple and um, I just thought I'd share them with you. The first one I'm not going to record, uh, sorry, share the recording, is uh, it comes from Cam, who's from Canada. And uh, basically, I think he just left a message on the wrong website because uh, everything he had to say was all about bigger pockets. <laughs> so he said he was in London and he was interested in real estate investing in the UK, but everything he said was about bigger pockets. So I don't know if you know, but bigger pockets is a very big uh, website and podcast in the USA, so or in North America. So uh, maybe, I don't know if he intended to leave a message for me but or for them, but I can't play it to you because it's just a big up of bigger pockets. The second one, I'm going to just play you now. It comes from Ed <laughs> and I'm just going to let it play and hopefully it'll speak for itself. Oh, oh, I need a property. Oh. Yeah, so Ed was probably just a little bit bored. <laughs> one day and sent me that delightful message so there's not really a lot I can do uh, but I just thought I'd share it with you just to show the technology works and you never know Ed if you are listening um, there's a little bit of credit to you so I uh, I do try and share things that come through to me um, I hopefully like them to have a bit of a purpose but uh, if nothing else the purpose with a little bit of fun so moving on from Ed and obviously Cam previously um, there's somebody else I wanted to share the message with which I'm just going to queue up for you now. Hello guys my name is Jose Moreno. I want to be in a property at the moment I have a first time buy account which I'm saving to. Uh, I came across the Miss Patel name on uh, South Bank Investment and uh i've been reading about uh trading and uh, uh foot 100 i want to learn to trade as well uh anyway uh what's your best advice about uh, getting to the property later i hope to hear from you soon thank you very much bye bye well i'm pretty sure he say said his name was jose Mourinho. Did he say his name was Jose Mourinho? No, actually, I got it. It's Jose Moreno. But um, it did sound a bit like that. And uh, obviously, Jose, uh, thanks for listening to the show. And um, of the free recordings, yours is the one I can probably deal with today. Uh, so I intend to do that. I'm just going to give you a short answer because... Um, uh, I can go on at length, actually, uh, if you've ever listened to my show or uh, read anything that I've ever written. Yeah, I can go on a bit. So I'm going to just try and give you a bit of a heads up. Essentially, you were asking how can you, what's the best advice on getting into onto the property ladder? I know that you are probably aiming at being a homeowner from the way you presented the uh, question and how you talked about having a savings plan, which I think was an ISA uh, to save for deposit for your own home. Um, but needless to say, if if I interpret your message of how to get into property investing, this is how I would answer it, uh, which is the, the point really of the property voice. Um, so the first thing I would say is this, uh, which is identify and then set your goals. And um, by this, I would actually start with what I call your someday goal. What is it you want in life? Okay, that's a big question. But do, honestly, think about what is it you want out of life? What do you want to achieve? Take, take some time answering that question. 
Uh, it might be not might not be that obvious. You might you know need to think outside the box a bit. And you know this there should be a time horizon which is quite long. Um, it, it shouldn't be what I want to achieve this year. Uh, it should be what I want to achieve you know through the next phase of my life or or throughout my life. So the next phase of your life might be five or ten years. Um, it could be a, a kind of a, a working career of 20, 30, 40 years. Um, so just just really think of it from that point of view. It's really important. And the reason why it's important is everything you will do next should be aligned. It should be aligned and fall out of what you want to achieve in life. I know that sounds like just a big philosophical point, but it really is. And it really is that important, I think, to to get it right from the beginning. So don't start with strategy is the other sort of uh, byline to this. So many people start with strategy and work back from there. Uh, What's the latest strategy? What should I get involved in? How can I make some money? And off they go. And it's not right for them. It's not right for them. It's not what they want to achieve. It doesn't fit their lifestyle. It doesn't fit their time horizons. It doesn't fit their available resources. It doesn't fit their skills and preferences and this sort of thing. So I would start with your someday goal. What do you want to achieve out of life? And then that will set the course and set the direction. And then once you've done that, I think the next thing to do is set some deadlines. Um, so yeah, if it's a someday goal that you want to retire in 40 years, uh, yeah, probably a 40-year deadline is not really going to work, to be honest with you. So you need to set some some deadlines, which are shorter than that. I mean, that also means setting some goals, which are shorter than that. And I call these sort of stepping stone goals. So set some goals. Um, could be a one-year goal, could be a five-year goal, but something that is aligned which is going to take you in the direction of your someday goal. But set some deadlines of what you want to achieve when you want to achieve it. Because, you know, once you what gets measured gets done, as they say. So set some goals, set some deadlines. Next thing I'd suggest you do is educate yourself. Now, um, Jose, if you're listening to the podcast, you're already doing that. And I'm sure you're doing a bunch of other stuff as well. But get yourself educated um, I'm not saying you need to go on a degree or an MBA program in property investing, but you can spend a bit of time. There's plenty of resources out there which are either no cost or low cost. Uh, I've got a number of myself. I've got a podcast and a blog, which is free of charge. I've got a book, which is the price of a cup of coffee. Um, I've got an, a number of other resources that you can get from you know just writing in. I've got some low cost you know, training resources as well, which so it shouldn't cost you an arm and leg to get educated. But I would suggest that educational period I mean, by the way, you never stop learning. So that's the first caveat. But that educational period should be um, fairly short, three to six months as a, as a new starter. So what you're really doing there is trying to get educated in uh, what's, what's uh, possible and can help you achieve your someday goal. And of course, you won't go deep, deep, deep into that. You know, there's no sort of 10,000 hours outlier uh, type of principle here in what I'm explaining. But it is kind of a bit of protection, uh, a bit of awareness uh, to get yourself educated. So don't overdo it, but don't undercook it either. It would be the next thing I would say. And then I think the other thing that comes to mind is um, often in in property, you already mentioned it in your in your message, Jose, there's money is involved. So there's no getting away from it. And even if you have a so-called no money down strategy, uh, there's money involved. You're going to need some money at some point. So I would just be rigid about this. Have a savings plan, have a budget, look at ways you can generate additional cash for your property investing journey. And um, I'm sorry about that, but you know there, there are 
there's no there's no real hiding place. Of course, you can generate money through other means, through your knowledge, through your time. That's another topic. But um, so, you, know, you can earn it in a different way. You, there are some property strategies. I've just come off the series about creative financing techniques, which are low money down or no money down uh, type type of um, principles. So, yeah, you can. But fundamentally, you're going to need to have a sort of a financial discipline, discipline and therefore you're going to have to set some money aside, have a budget and uh, and know how to best apply it. So that's the fourth thing. The final thing really I would suggest is this, and it's probably always my top tip where if anybody says, what's the one thing you would advise, blah, 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 it's probably usually this, which is plug your gaps. So, you know, this was a revelation for me. Um, Once I realized, and of course I realized, but I sort of understood what they were, I had gaps. I had several gaps actually, and so what I intend, what I then went out to do as a, as an investor over a period of time is, is is seek to plug those gaps. You might have a knowledge gap, a time gap, a money gap, you know, etc. So go out and plug your gaps. And there's various ways to do that. One is to get educated, and I've already mentioned that. Another one is to partner with people. Another one is to buy in resources. Another one is to uh, systemize and, and streamline in certain ways. There's there's a whole range of ways in which you can plug your gaps. Uh, I won't elaborate much more than that, but I kind of just wanted to share. So, Jose, that's that's my best answer to that question in about five ten minutes, uh, which I've what, what I've given uh, for it to, today to to uh, to sink in. So have a think, see if that uh, meets what you're looking for. But by all means, um, let's carry on the conversation. You can send me the uh, voicemail on the website uh, through the SpeakPipe system. It's on the right-hand side there, a little button, little icon. You can leave me a voicemail. Anybody can do that, not just you, Jose, anybody. Um, You can write to me. I'm often getting questions. In fact, I got one the other day. I'm not going to share it today because it's going to form a response to a, a reader question. I write for the YPM magazine, forgot to mention that, as a low-cost resource. Uh, but my, my articles, by the way, are free of charge. If you uh, just send me an email, I'll put you on the subscription list. And you can get all the copies of my YPN articles. Um, just thinking things as I go. But So there you go. I'll, I'll end this ramble right now and um, return to my glass of red, which is sat in front of me, and, uh, and, and close this one off for today. Hopefully, I'll get the transcription done, but it's going to follow after the uh, recording this week, most likely, because this one has been a little bit more unscripted than the other ones, let's say, of the, of the podcast that I tend to record. So there we go. Hopefully, that's been uh, interesting and or helpful to you. The scorpion and the frog principle, which we discussed earlier. And then, of course, how to get started in property. Some of the principles that I often explain to people who are just starting out, uh, as uh, as Jose asked on the voicemail. So that's it for me. If you want to uh, write to me, you can do so. Podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. And uh, I say the show notes, but the outline for today's show is going to be on the website, thepropertyvoice.net as well. So you can go there and uh, have a quick look. But stay tuned for more on scorpions and frogs in USA uh, property dealings because I'm sure that the story will roll and roll for a little while yet. That's all I have time for today. So thanks again for joining me and I look forward to having you back on the show next time. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.